0: Right. Because now they already have their fans. They already have their twenty thousand, hundred thousand fans. They already got a record that's doing well, a couple of million plays or whatever. They're yeah. already getting interviews or doing all this. They're doing all that, and now people are coming in trying to fix something that really doesn't need to be fixed. People need to be adding to it and fine tuning. Not coming in and saying, "Oh, I don't like your lyrical content." Well, my lyrical content is what got me to this point. Right. If like you it. had
1: a problem, you should have said something. Oh, yeah. Not what you need. and that is all yeah. nothing to, say. Yeah. Try to save
0: my spot yeah you better pray don't run up cause I will spray, I will spray I got my- what, up, what up, what up this is your boy Matt B
1: and it's your girl Angela
0: and welcome back to another episode of beyond the music now before we get started, I just want to say make sure you hit that subscribe button make sure you turn on that notification bell we going crazy right now you know how we do we're just going to go ahead and dive right into it whatever happened to artist development
1: so artist development i feel is defined as the process of developing an artist and essentially the artist team or the manager or the label they go and they establish with the artist what their goals are and what the artist sound should be where, what they want the artist to do in their career. And then from there, they outline their careers as they see fit. Now, it's a long and tedious process. It sometimes takes years. A lot of people think it takes months, but this could take years, especially depending on where the artist is starting, if they're starting from ground level, or if they're starting from mid-tier or whatever this could take a lot of time and a lot of money and that's typically why labels don't do it (laughs) anymore so um and a lot of people try to skip that step especially with like how social media is things are really like instant and so because of that a lot of people are just like oh I don't need to develop my sound or develop my image I can just my music out and then it is what it is and people will find me and then after i get my hit record then i can develop my sound or develop my image or whatever but really the key is to develop who you are as an artist in the beginning because you'll have clearer goals a clearer path um you'll be able to just a lot of things in your in your career just are a lot easier so and you're able to establish a lot more longevity in your career, which we'll get to later. But that's essentially what artist development was and is.
0: <laughs> Man, and, and it's just too bad because unfortunately now people don't even really do that anymore. No. And the artist, is, the artist is really just they're on their own to develop themselves like a good 90, 99 percent of the time. And most labels or most people in general won't touch them. Yeah. Until they develop themselves to a certain point. And then once they do, then everybody wants to come in and then redevelop someone who has already developed right. themselves.
1: And how does that work?
0: <laughs> Ridic- ridiculous. I mean, it's just, it, it doesn't make any sense. But, I mean, you know, everybody wants to try and fix something that's not broken. Rather yeah. than trying to help someone to get to the point where they don't need to do any of that. And... You know, I think that uh, that's one of the reasons why so many artists struggle and they deal with so many different emotional ups and downs and stuff is because um, they try to develop themselves. Some people do a good job at it. Some people don't. But after a certain point, I mean, it just is what it is. And you just got to roll with what is there. There's really you can't go back and try and tear it back down to the foundational level. It's too late for all that. And. Artists find themselves backed up against a wall where now they're struggling with a whole bunch of different things, whether it be depression or anxiety or or suicidal thoughts and things like that, because they weren't prepared Mm -hmm. for what this industry is today.
1: Right. And, you know, I feel like um, it's a struggle for a lot of artists to figure out like you said, how to develop themselves. And a lot of people don't even really know where to start. And if you were to say to an artist who's struggling and just starting out, like, oh, I want to um, be a professional artist and be in the mainstream industry. Where do I start? And if you were to say to them, you need to develop your sound or develop your artistry or develop um, who you are as an artist, like a lot of them really wouldn't know what you're talking about or how to even start and, you know, it, it's unfortunate because there's so many tools available to you where you could figure out, like, how to develop yourself as an artist. There are books, there's podcasts, there's um, blogs online. There's all kinds of different things that you can use in order to um, figure out how to get your feet wet and develop yourself as an artist. But, you know, it's about trying to... Um, find what works best for you because if you are naturally by nature someone who can pick up things easily and apply them then maybe the DIY route is for you where you don't necessarily hire a manager right away you can um, cross all those t's and dot all those i's so to speak for yourself in the beginning but if you're the type of artist who's like I don't know what that is I really am not interested in trying to do that, then you probably do want to hire mm-hmm. a team or a manager or whatever it is you can afford or barter a deal with them so that way you can have a team to work on your behalf so that way they can help you outline some of those goals and make some of make some sense out of um, what typically is really a very confusing situation. And the industry is so fast-paced, so that that aspect of it doesn't help either.
0: Right, right. So and then that begs the question, what does it look like to be an artist who is developed enough to be put into the limelight or put like on the world stage or just introduced to their country or whatever? Because I even know like for myself, like we were just looking at photos just recently of of, of me back in like 2014, 2015 ish mm-hmm. when I signed my first deal um, out in Japan and just looking at those photos like the drip that you see right now like this is a this is a new Matt B because even if I looked at myself back then like (laughs) like I was an underdeveloped artist when it came to like my look when it came to just how I was putting myself together the music was there Mm -hmm. but you know I had to still develop in that way but what does it look like for an artist who's trying to do that because for a lot of artists the blinders are on whether it be with the music or their look or how they carry themselves how they conduct themselves so it's like what do you do in in that instance to bring yourself to the next level as an artist knowing that you can't do it on your own
1: um i think the best advice that i could give to an artist looking to do that would be to find someone who's a neutral party that's either ideally in the industry but if not in the industry someone who at least is knowledgeable of the sound that you're looking to do like if you're an R&B artist, find someone who is knowledgeable in the realm of R&B. If they're not in the industry, just like is an R&B connoisseur as a consumer and then get their opinion on your sound and their opinion on what you look like. Because you're always going to be like biased towards your own music and what you look like and all that stuff. So you're not going to be the best judge of yourself in certain cases. But I think that if you were to have someone who's an outsider kind of evaluate your situation and where you're currently at, I think that would help. And they could give you like a baseline. And even if you want to like, you can write out a questionnaire for them and be like, um, here's a questionnaire for my sound. And here's a questionnaire for my image. And then for your sound, like, does the sound industry quality is this to standard what do you think of the songwriting rated on a scale of one to ten what do you think about the production rate that on a scale of one to ten or whatever and then for the image like what does do you feel like my image is up to the standard of other artists that are mainstream in my genre or whatever you know what I'm saying like something like that to give them a baseline where if they're like if you were to go to them and be like hey what do you think about my sound? Especially if it's your friend. Your friend's going to be like, I mean, I think you sound great. <laughs> but if you give them like something that's more detailed, that they might be able to like rate it on a more unbiased scale. I think that might help give you the the answers that you're looking for if you're in that position. Matt has already done that. We didn't use that method, but that's just something <laughs> that I thought of at the top of my head. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I agree, because, like, even if I'm thinking about the mixing process of a record and what does that look like, and even for myself, like, you know, I'm working with heavy-hitting producers and songwriters Mm -hmm. and mix engineers who have been mixing for some of the greatest artists of all time in my genre and other genres, and have been doing it since either I was a baby or before I was even born, um... And what I have learned just personally is, like, you know, don't be intimidated. They know when you don't know what you're talking about, and that's okay because that's why they're there. They're there to help guide you through it so that you can get to a point where you feel comfortable in communicating to them what you want because at the end of the day, there is no real – there's lingo when it comes to, like, the whole mixing process and stuff, but really there really isn't. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like even if like your ad lib sounded weird or like whatever the case may be or like whatever, like you're saying like the weirdest things ever. Like oh man, like make that punch a little more, turn yeah. that up a little bit, and, and and make it make it sound smoother, let it glide underneath the the lead vocal a little more, spread out the vo- like spread out the vocals a little more. Uh 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 um, th- this sounds too airy. This needs to sound more direct, and it's like, like you know, people don't really know what that means. As like you build that with rapport with yeah. your sound engineer and all the rest of that stuff, because airy could mean something completely different to one person <laughs> than it does to another. Right. Uh, uh Pitchy could mean something completely different to one person <laughs> than it does to another. I mean, we definitely have learned that. Uh,
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Some of y'all. <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> Uh, I won't stack, go there. Stack my mm. vocals, or bring up that stack, or bring up that double, could mean something completely different to one person than it does to another. That instrument is too loud. Could mean something like it just, it, it's just yeah. it's so opinionated. So it's like it's like to hone your sound to craft it. Is it? It's easy in the beginning phases because there's so much extra fat around it. But like that really that when you're fine tuning, trying to carve or trying to paint that Mona Lisa, that's when it really gets hard because that's when you're really starting to fine tune and whittle away just a little bit of extraness. And if you just whittle it away just a little too much, then you end up having to start all over again, per se, because then like you you morph your sound too much. And it's like I think a lot of up and coming artists, they struggle with trying to fine tune their sound and then on top of that like there's so many things being thrown at them like you're fine-tuning your sound you're trying to figure out your image but you ain't got no doggone money so you don't know so you can't really dress the part yeah then, (laughs) then you can't really afford the studio time so now you can't you barely can afford that so you can't even afford the mixes yeah. then and you can't really afford the photo shoots, so you're taking it on your cell phone, but really now that looks degraded, so now your, your quality isn't up to par. Your first music video looks like crap because you have a bad director or you just have a really good camera but you don't know how to use it. So it's like all these things stacked against the up-and-coming artists because the artist is trying to develop themselves while at the same time um, trying to keep it up to industry standard but they don't even know what industry industry standard is because they're looking through smokes and mirrors and they're working backwards. So you're looking at artists who are already established and thinking, like, how do I recreate that? And in reality, you can never truly recreate that.
1: Right. So I have a question. As an artist who is just starting out or um, is looking for advice... What would you tell an artist who is trying to develop their sound and develop their image, and how, like, when they're in the stages of receiving feedback from someone or receiving constructive criticism? If someone said, Here, I want to help you, let's start from square one. Your song sucks. This sucks. I think you should do this. I think you should do that. How, as an artist, do you differentiate between constructive criticism and insults? And how can you? receive that constructive criticism to the point where you're not going overboard and doing everything that they say and you're keeping your originality. You know what I'm saying?
0: I think it's it's a fine line to walk. I mean, it just means something different to to every single person because your music could be trash and that person is really trying to help you to bring it to the next level. Or your music could be fine, but it's just not the type of music they like. So because of it, it's trash to them. So it's, just, it's it's hard to say. I mean, I feel like you just got to feel the people out and make sure you're getting people on your team that you trust, where if they do say something to you, you know that they keeping it 1,000 with you. They keeping it a buck with you. They're not just telling you anything just because it's not their cup of tea or whatever. And sometimes that happens because opinions, they, they clash at times, but... Um, I mean at the end of the day if if it's your music you got to <laughs> you got to make the final call. So I mean if if someone right. says your record is trash um and you don't think it is you should you should drop it. Cuz at the end of the day let the people speak. And then if it is trash then you know don't, don't do that anymore. <laughs> but but if, it go, but if it goes it goes. But then at the same time like you know if you don't make the the decisions for yourself then There's always that what if in the back of your mind. And at the end of the day, you're the face of it. Mm -hmm. So if it does, if it does well, you're the face of it. If it does, you're the face of it. But regardless, you're the face of it. So the other person who has their opinions, they don't have to take that fall. They don't have to take that public fall. So it's just like, oh, I mean, you didn't have to listen to me. That people start backpacking. Man,
1: why do y'all do that?
0: <laughs> people start doing all that.
1: Y'all be abandoning so, ship.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, with so
1: much to say. Right.
0: <laughs> so at the end of the day, I mean, the artist has to make that decision for themselves. And I mean, it's just very unfortunate, but that's what happens when mm-hmm. you're the master and commander of your own destiny and your own ship. You gotta you gotta steer it, even right. if you don't know how to sail.
1: Right. So, so essentially, you're saying that you should accept the constructive criticism and just kind of weigh the checks and balances of that with what it is that you're looking to do. And then from there, if you still feel like you should drop your music because you think it's hot, experiment with that and release the song and see how it does and let the people speak. But if the people don't respond or respond in the way you were hoping, then it probably was trash. And then you should reassess some things. Is that uh, what you're saying? <laughs> uh, maybe it was trash.
0: Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it just didn't hit because you ain't got no fans. So, I mean, it's hard to say. Let it sit. In, I mean, at the end of the day, as an up-and-coming artist, if you are still that, then it's just a part of your catalog now. And it just sits there. And some people will like it and some people won't. But until you start getting to that point where you carving out the 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 Mona Lisa like initially it's just a blank sheet of paper but until you start really seeing a clear picture you're really just throwing paint and right. then eventually it starts becoming something and that's when you got to start taking your paintbrushes and start really fine tuning what it is that you're actually drawing but uh, but until that point in time what what else can you do especially with the lack of guidance that a lot of up and coming artists have and it's because people don't want to be a part of something that's not successful so man because so true so because of that you just really just out on your own until you get the success which is just so ironic because you really can't be successful until you have the help to be successful but people won't help you until you already look successful so (laughs) so it's like a topsy-turvy world that one is living in which brings me back to the whole thing about artists and how once they figure it out and they figure out what works for them and they're starts moving, then all of a sudden people wanna come in and they wanna try and tear them back down to ground level and try and redevelop them, but it's too late. Right. Because now they already have their fans, they already have their twenty thousand, hundred thousand fans, they already got a record that's doing well couple million plays or whatever. They're already yeah. getting interviews or doing all this. They're doing all that. And now people are coming in trying to fix something that really doesn't need to be fixed. People need to be adding to it and fine-tuning, not coming in and saying, oh, I don't like your lyrical content. Well, my lyrical content is what got me to this point.
1: Right. I don't if like you the, had a problem, you should have said something.
0: I don't <laughs> like the way you talk or the way you dress. Well, you should have said something two years ago. because, right. But no, you weren't here because you weren't interested right. until I made it to this level. So it's just it's hard it's just really hard which is why I think artist development honestly as I talk about it more and really think about it is it's almost unrealistic for this day and age to to develop an artist the way that an artist used to be developed because it would take the person who is doing the developing or the entity being the label or whatever is behind it that's doing the developing to to be willing to put their money into something that's tanking initially and then will eventually or maybe swim
1: i wouldn't say it's unrealistic i would i wouldn't say that it's unrealistic i would say that it's not it's not as common but it's also not easy because people do it like we even we're doing it right we're not with a major label we've never really been able to get a large massive team behind us it's always just been us and a couple of other people who are really invested into you and your artistry and i think that it's possible for people to develop their themselves with a, with one other person, whether it's a manager or a publicist or whatever, a friend, or they could develop a small team of people, whether they pull in, like, one or two other people, and then from there they expand into artist development mode. Like, I think it's possible, and I don't think it's impossible. I just think it's difficult to find those people because a lot of people want money. <laughs> like, if you are just starting out and you're like, hey, I want a manager and I need someone to manage me. Typically, to get a good manager, you're going to have to pay in some way, shape, or form. You're going to have to pay unless that manager is just super nice and wants to negotiate some type of deal where you don't have to pay them up front. They're going to want something or um, some other, uh, like a mentor or a console. uh, um, What do you call them? A consultant, like in order to find a team, you're going to have to like invest in yourself and know um, that regardless of who you bring on your team, you're you're going to have to put up some kind of money in order to get the result that you're looking for. So I don't think it's impossible. I don't think it's unrealistic. I think it's I think it's just very difficult to find people who are willing to invest in you at the ground level because of the reasons that you were talking about.
0: When I think of unrealistic or when I say unrealistic, I'm more so thinking about in the vein of what artist development used to be, which is I'm thinking about the golden era of artist development, which would be to me like the 1930s or 40s spanning into maybe like the mid 80s or somewhere mm-hmm. around there, which is when they went to different places around the country or around the world, found someone who was, who just could sing really well, had no image, nothing, didn't have two nickels to rub together and said, I see something in you, I see star quality, I'm going to move you to L.A. or I'm mm-hmm. going to move you somewhere else and I'm going to pay for everything. I'm going to pay for your room and board, I'm going to pay for every meal that you eat, mm-hmm. I'm going okay. to pay for every dance, I'm going to pay for every dance step that you do, I'm going to pay for everything, Every the clothes on your back, Until I shape and mold you into the star that I see in you. And I don't care if it takes two years. I don't care if it takes five years. I don't care if it takes 10 years. I'm going to continue to pour money into this ever-loving sinkhole. (laughs) And that looks like it's never going to end. Mm -hmm. And I am not going to give up on you because I see something in you. Ain't nobody doing that. Nah. Ain't, no, well, if you said, ain't nobody if, doing that. So it's un, to me, it's right. unrealistic. Right. It's more realistic um, to, to say that an artist will develop themselves until it makes it to a certain point, and then people will come in and mm. then tether themselves to it because they see a train that's already moving. But they're not going to put the engine in and, and and put the oil in right. and put the gas in and get it from where the train was built onto the track and then all that. They're not going to do all that.
1: Well, when you put it like that, <laughs> then yes. It's very unrealistic to think that anything similar to that is going to happen because, for one, record labels are just not doing that anymore. If they're developing an artist, they're throwing gasoline on an already lit fire. They're, right. they're not looking to gather the wood, pile it all up, get the fire started, tending to the fire and helping it grow and all that stuff. They're not trying to do all that. It's too much work, too much time, too much effort. So they, they're they not looking to develop artists in that way. They want to see a fire and they want to throw gasoline on it and make it a bigger fire. They're not trying to go through all of the, the hoops that it takes to get an artist developed to the point of superstardom nowadays so and it's a shame and it is what it is but um from that perspective then yes I see what you mean by that is definitely unrealistic nobody is going to be taking that chance and you'd be even lucky to find um Someone who doesn't work for a label, who's just either for an indie label or just someone who's doing management or whatever, who's just willing to take that chance. Like most people are going to want to see something, whether it's um, press that you've gotten or a successful project or something. It's usually not good enough anymore to just have a good voice or be a good rapper or... You play a bunch of instruments like that's not enough anymore. So in the vein, again, about artist development, um, another question would be you brought up earlier about budget and clothing. When an artist is trying to develop their image and they know what they want to look like, but they ain't got no money. (laughs) What do you do? Because you went through a struggle era. (laughs) And in your struggle era, you knew what you wanted to look like. You knew what you wanted to be. You knew what Matt B looked like in your mind. But you struggled to get to that point in your career until eventually. Now we're here today and Matt B is always swagging through. So (laughs) the drip is always on 10. You feel me? (laughs) So... When you're starting out and you're on a budget, how do you align what you want to look like in your mind versus what your pockets say you are going to look like to the public?
0: I mean I feel I feel like it's just it's just bartering and and trading with with whoever is willing to do it and mm-hmm and whether or whether or not you you get real lucky maybe you might want to do something a little smarter like if you know that you want to do music you shouldn't work at a factory job like shouldn't you work at a clothing line or like a clothing job where you could actually like grab some clothes every now and then or you could like um uh work the job and be able to get that 15% discount or whatever that looks like, or, like, if you got your all your homies or whatever and everybody wants to do music, like, maybe somebody should work at a, at a clothing store, somebody else should work at, like, a shoe store, somebody else should work at work at a jewelry store. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got to start strategizing with right. one another to try and figure out, and I didn't even do this, but that's because, like, most of my friends, like, you know, they ain't on sh- so... So they, sorry, sorry guys. I know y'all be watching this, <laughs> shit, but I'm just gonna keep it 1,000 with y'all. Y'all be bullshit.
1: But we love so, y'all. In the mu,
0: in the in the industry, in the industry side of things, I'll say y'all be bullshit. So, <laughs> so, so I, so I knew, I knew going in like, like I can't, I, I couldn't even do nothing even akin to any of that with yeah. any of my guys. So like, I just had to figure it out on my own, whatever that looked like at that particular time being. And that was like a long, 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 long time ago. And thank God, like, now I have amnesia. I've been, I, I've been, I'm, I'm too high up in the sky now <laughs> and it, 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 it living in the clouds. So I don't even, it, it's a distant memory to me now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you don't remember those days of the peasant clothes. <laughs> um I think something that, that, um again, Shout out Donnie. Something that Donnie Scant said to us in the very beginning when we were trying to figure out the development of your um, image was because we came to him and we were like, what's wrong with the way he dresses? I think he dresses fine. He looks good to me. And then Donnie was like, there's nothing wrong with the way that you dress. You dress fine. But this is you in the real world. Now, what does Matt B, the superstar, look like? right and i think that that's a super great piece of advice because when you're at that level of just starting out you might not really know what it is you want to look like or what you want to be or how you want to dress because as far as you know you've just picked up your guitar and been singing and dressing the way that you always dress right and that's there's nothing wrong with that like you're entitled to dress the way you want to dress and maybe that's your vibe, and if that's your vibe, cool. But if you are trying to take it to the stratosphere, you want to think of what does you, the superstar, look like and bringing it up to the next level. And that's gonna take creating a vision board and looking at what your industry peers and other people around you are doing and how they're dressing and then trying to find ways to correlate that to yourself And finding outfits that you like on the internet and just let your imagination and mind go wild with possibilities and put it all on a vision board. And then from there, go to the store or shop online since it's COVID. And then from there, um, come up with some looks that you think might be dope for your particular vibe, your particular sound, and continue to build on that that um, establishment that you started and then from there you you will eventually find yourself swagging through like Matt B. <laughs> like you superstar Matt B. Right, this, is, right. this isn't peasant clothes H&M uh, Matt B. This is something different. <laughs> Sorry H&M.
0: <laughs> no, nah, we ain't worried about H&M. Y'all <laughs>
1: Um But on the subject of dope clothes and having drip on 10,000 100% at the time we have to give a shout out to the number one clothing line black owned of course in Chicago iridium clothing owned by platinum shout out platinum we love you platinum is amazing he's been designing clothes for forever and I met him a long time ago At a fashion show. I don't even think he remembers this. But I used to model. And at a fashion show, I met him. And he was doing his Iridium thing back then. And I thought his clothes were dope then. And then I found out that he had a store through the grapevine. And I was like, Matt needs these clothes. (laughs) So we ended up linking with him for, um, what shoot was that? Go Hard, right? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And... Matt, all of Matt's clothes and go hard in that music video. You guys can look it up on YouTube. Matt B, go hard, and all of those clothing items were iridium, and they were fire. Yes, sir. so then from there we were just like, we we gotta work with platinum. <laughs> right, right. So well, it's an honor to feature iridium clothing today on Beyond the Music. And Matt, let us know what you got here. You got like, well, first of all, let's get into sure. your fit. All right, that's what I was about to say. Let's get into
0: this. First of all, like, man, that looks like I, like I own a burnt orange and black Lamborghini. <laughs> the way the way that I'm uh, that I'm swagging right now, this gym hey. is, is, is just spectacular. Shout out to Iridium Life. Um, I love this. I love this outfit. I mean, I's really on, let's comfortable. Let's see the shirt. Let's see the shirt. Yeah, you feel me? Right, right, hey. right. Come Iridium on. Chicago. You feel me? So it's like, I love this outfit. I mean, it's super comfortable. Um, it's something where it's high quality material. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a, I got these in a couple of different colors because platinum just went crazy. <laughs> he was like, man, you want to know what? He, hoo, hoo, hoo. like, you feel me? <laughs> so So, I mean, I love it. I mean, I feel like, I feel like if you're looking for like a a, a tracksuit or just mm-hmm. like like something like a head to toe, like you want to just you want to just drip through or whatever. I mean, I feel like this is like a a really good alternative. Um, same thing with the jackets. I feel like if you if you rock with a clothing line in general, if the jackets ain't hitting, then you know ain't nothing else hitting. Yeah, the now jackets these,
1: are star quality. Now these jacket
0: now these jackets are just are fire, fire, Man, fire. This fire. one is
1: one of my favorites. I lo- look at that. Can you guys see? Look at that. That's the skyline of Shy City. Crazy. That is crazy. Crazy. I love this.
0: And you see you got got the logo up here, Iridium. Never lose passion.
1: Man, that's hard. You feel me?
0: Never lose passion. You got the same thing here on the sleeves. You got the whole skyline wrapping around the sleeves, Mm. having consistency all the way around. I mean, this is a really super dope jacket. Like I said, super high quality. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, this is dope. Look at that. It is That's dope. crazy. Comes in all different, all different sizes: medium, large, small, all that. Definitely go check this out. This jacket is just crazy. Let's get into the other jacket.
1: So this one, oh, this one is heavy. This one is probably something you'd wear in like the fall. That one's more like a like a spring jacket, I feel, because it's yeah. lighter. This one is super heavy. I think this is more like a fall winter. Well, probably not winter in Chicago, but, but maybe winter for Matt. Matt doesn't wear coats. I don't. <laughs> but, but I think that this is super dope. It's like a, a Letterman jacket. It's got iridium on the front with the eye. And then on the back, it's got a world map. Which so is you can hard. Hold, you can hold the other side. That's hard. That's crazy, right? And I love the colors. It's like a pop of color because you have the black and white. And then on the back, it's just like, bam.
0: I mean, low, like low key, like you can wear this in winter, spring, or summer. Honestly, I mean this summer. It's, uh, yeah, I wear it in summer and, and it's at night, hot. No,
1: at night though. Oh.
0: At night, like Maybe. I wouldn't wear it during the day. Maybe. But I mean, you know, you got the little the little corduroy,
1: uh, stitching I, and all that. I mean, it's I, hard. I get hot, so.
0: It's hard. <laughs> Man, was that what? Is, what did Cardi B a, a bad never get cold? Well, real can never get hot. <laughs> we say calm cool and collected on this motherfucker. <laughs> motherf- you feel me but no but hey, like
1: somebody needs to put that on a meme or something <laughs> a rip it never gets hot hey, you feel me but no but like, yeah i mean it's dope i mean you know
0: you see like the different colors you know it, we represent and we represent in africa
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you see we got the I, I, now, I don't even know what y'all call this at, here at iridium yeah,
1: Platinum, um, you got to let us know because this is But dope. that's hard. Like, that little key could be a tattoo. It's on a bunch of his different designs, too. And what's dope about Iridium is that Platinum literally designs all of this stuff himself. Hard. Like, he features high-fashion, high-end high designer clothing in his store, but he designs his own stuff for Iridium. And I think that that's incredible. I love that about Iridium.
0: So let's get into this last jacket. And this
1: last one. Y'all probably have seen Matt rock this one a lot because this one That's is one it. of his favorites. Yeah, it
0: definitely is one of my favorites.
1: So this one is also kind of like a, it's not as heavy as this one. This one is pretty much the heaviest, but this one is like a, I don't even know what this material would be called. I don't, I don't know, But it's, it's like, silky on the outside, yeah. and then it's more plush on the let's, inside. Let, let's hit
0: the back. Let's turn it around.
1: Look at this. This is crazy. Hard. And then all throughout you see Iridium, their logo. Insane. And
0: as if that wasn't crazy enough.
1: Oh yeah, I forgot that this did this.
0: Now you know, you know you 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 rocking with a real designer. I know y'all already peep what's going on right now. <laughs> y'all rocking, all the
1: fashion gurus. You, you rocking know what's about with, to happen. You rocking with a real I'm designer when happen. you <laughs> nails. Or you could do one of these. Look at that. It's reversible. Come on now. That's crazy. Come on now. Now personally. Stop it. I would always wear it in the opposite way because I think (laughs) that this is crazy. But that's just me. Man. If you're more of a person who just wants to like not, not, not hurt them too much, this is a nice option to have. You know you feel me, <laughs> yeah.
0: but then when you, but then you see when you wanna go crazy though <laughs> when you wanna go crazy though, man, that's when you you gotta hit him with this, you gotta hit him with this, one of my favorite jackets i mean it's it's dense, it has a nice weight to it, yeah, but then at the same time, like like I said, I mean you could really rock this jacket summer. Spring, fall, or winter. I'm not really a winter coat type of guy anyway. So, like, it could be, like, it could be, like, two degrees outside. I'm gonna rock this. (laughs) Like, you feel me?
1: Matt's gonna put on his Iridium hoodie and his Iridium jacket and be cool for the winter. Man,
0: Iridium from head to toe. (laughs) Iridium life. This is a lifestyle.
1: Man. And then, of course, you know, you wouldn't be a wife or any kind of significant other if you ain't steal your man's hoodie. (laughs) So, when Matt told me that we were going to be featuring Iridium, I had to go (laughs) scoot, scoot inside of his closet real quick (laughs) and get his little Iridium hoodie. This is his, but it's mine today. And what's cool is, can y'all see the back?
0: Hey, now that's clean. I
1: love this back.
0: That's That's clean. Super clean. I'm a
1: bling person. So instantly when I saw this hoodie, when Platinum was like, oh, Matt, you can wear this, I was like,
0: She's like, yeah, go ahead, give it yeah, to him. Yeah, he
1: can, he can wear that. He can fit that. What size is that? A medium? <laughs> yeah, I could just about. I mean, he could just about fit that. <laughs> so, so it sh- was his, but it quickly became mine, too. So, so sh-
0: shout out Platinum. As you can see, she be stealing my clothes sometimes. <laughs> she going to be rocking this whole little little burnt orange fit soon. And
1: the next episode, you going to see me in the burnt orange fit.
0: <laughs> so, I mean... Iridium is an amazing brand. Obviously, you know, I tried to fold these as delicately as possible for the second time around. I couldn't really get it he
1: didn't fold this, it this delicately little second time around. All. Maybe
0: maybe we should just turn it around this way like this just so, it, just so we can see. Well, that's how we're going to do it for the rest of the podcast. Just that's so we, yeah, just let's so we can see like that. see what's really going on with this drip. Like you feel me. That's better. So if y'all want to learn more about Iridium, y'all can go to Iridium Clothing Co. on Instagram, or you could go to www.iridiumclothingco.com. Shout out to my boy Platinum. He does nothing but fantastic, fantastic designs. I you love don't Platinum. just have to shop online. They do have a store at mm. Gallery
1: Block, block thirty seven, downtown. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. In block downtown 37, Chicago. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, right off of uh, Michigan Avenue.
1: And what's crazy is that they just got a big, huge store upgrade. They used to have two different locations in Block 37, one on the first floor and I think the other one was on the second floor. But now they got this crazy spot. On I think the third or what floor is that? It's like the top floor.
0: Yeah, I think it's the third floor, and it's like I said, it's right off Michigan Avenue. It's actually on State Street, mm-hmm. um, right by the Chicago Theater. So I mean, you it's you're not insane. gonna be able to miss that. It's
1: massive. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's so huge. They've got shoes. They've got clothes. They've got pants. They've got jogging suits. They've got. They've even got phone cases. Yeah. They've got accessories. They've got everything. They do. They've got so much stuff. They, Like I said, they've got high-end designers, so they've got Yeezy, they've got Jordans, they've got you name it. Platt's probably got it. So, if you're in Chicago, make sure you make a a note to go visit Block 37 and visit Platinum at Iridium Clothing. And if you're not in Chicago, then you can go online at IridiumClothingCo.com and shop in Make sure if you have a wife, get her size too. <laughs> so she can steal her clothes. Or but you, just, you know, they have women's stuff. But I don't know, there's something about like your husband buying something and then like you just like taking it. It makes it more comfortable. Like this hoodie is soft, but I feel like it's soft because I took it.
0: <laughs> well, shout shout out to my boy Platinum. Like Angel said, we love you. Uh Definitely check out Iridium. Check out the clothing store, uh, and when you do, tell them Matt B sent you.
1: Hey, Aunt Angela, don't forget me. <laughs> I'm I'm really like the star. Matt is just like.
0: Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm. I'm just. I'm just here. I, don't, I really <laughs> don't know the comic what I do. Really, <laughs> I am. I am.
1: He's he sings thought, a little bit or something. I'm right,
0: right. I, I fake sing. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, let's get back. Into, let's get back into what it means to. Um, to develop an artist, or, or what that looks like, or what are some what are some strategies that um, that someone could take as a team, or that people could take as a team in order to get their artist to the next level.
1: I think something that's really important for people to um, assess and look into when you're first starting out, or even if you're mid journey, really really assess your PR skills because a lot of people forget. That as an artist, it's not just about putting out the music. You got to talk to people.
0: <laughs>
1: and you don't just have to talk to fans. You got to talk to the media. And that is a whole nother ball game because a lot of interviews are not scripted. It'll just be live off top. And you got to know... What it is you're trying to say, all the points you want to hit. And if you get a stale interview with a person who doesn't really know how to carry the interview or how to talk or whatever, like you don't want to just sit there and be like, oh, yeah, OK, yeah, uh, my song, you got to check it out yeah. and not like you got to guide your interview. But the only way to know how to do that is to get the proper coaching or look up online, like, how to conduct yourself when speaking to the media or speaking to um, anyone in PR. So, like, I think that's super important.
0: You want to know what I used to do and still do? I talk to myself in the shower, and I talk <laughs> and I talk to myself when I'm driving by myself.
1: Matt B has already accepted 18 Grammys <laughs> right? in his mind in the shower. <laughs> right. By the way, right? <laughs> I'll like be I be hearing him in there. Like, like no, I'd like to thank the Academy. Like no, like, like no
0: lie, though. <laughs> like I literally talk to myself while I'm driving, mm. and I will ask myself questions and then answer them. Or That's good. Or That's I good I will a good habit. Or I'll ask myself questions that i don't want to answer and then Mm -hmm. try and figure out ways to push it back into another direction that i wanted to go into and i've literally been doing this for years years and it's so funny because uh people will say to me in my interviews all the time either before the interview starts or after the interview ends they'll say oh man i've seen some of your interviews before you media train right or they'll be like, uh, "Oh yeah," after the interview's over. Oh, I could tell you, media train, and honestly, I'm not. I just that's what I've been doing. So because of that, it's like it's a, it's gonna be a cold day when somebody really catches me off guard to the point where I really don't know what I want to say or how I want to say it because I literally constantly am running those those scripts in my head over and over and over and over and over again, and that helps me as an artist. And I think it probably would help a lot of other artists.
1: What do you do as an artist when you're in the middle of an interview and someone asks you a triggering question, whether it's something that's personal or something that is like a a sneak diss or or just something that completely catches you off guard, what do you do?
0: Um it depends on it depends on how the question was stated. I mean, there, I always feel like I always work in uh in, in threes. So I always try and find three different ways that I will react to something. That's what I try and do. So, usually the three ways that I feel are the best to react to something is to laugh first and then answer, which gives you time to answer. (laughs) (laughs) Pause and act like you're in some sort of deep, pensive. (laughs) Like I'm about to tell y'all some real thought, but really I'm the the
1: politician. Pause. Right,
0: (laughs) but but really I'm just but really I'm just over here capping. Or number three, completely ignore what they asked and just go into something completely different. So if they did ask you something that you just you have no interest in, in answering whatsoever, just pause for a second, let it marinate, and then just go into something completely different. Don't even address it. That's mm-hmm. why that's what I do. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they don't even go back to it. Or even if they try and go back to it, it's hard for them to wiggle it back in because I try and go so left. <laughs> that there's no way for them to for them to even remotely get close to what they initially asked me. So that's what I do. And I'm always doing that when people... And you, you just got to listen. You got to listen intently, intensely, in order to know how to respond to a lot of these things. And I think a lot of artists, they feel like the music... Is like going to be ninety percent of what they do, and in reality, the music is probably like five or ten percent of what you do. The yeah. music is just like the calling card, and then everything else, like the interviews and the brand uh, sponsorships, and 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 the shows and all that. And you would think, like, you would even think for your shows, for your performances, that that your performances, okay, well, at least I'm doing music there. But a lot of times. You got your little 45-minute set or your little 15-minute set, and then the rest of the time, you're mingling. Right. So it's like even there, it's, it's not really that much music being done. From the preparation of when you start the day to when the day ends, when you actually are performing, all that time, you're you're like meeting people, talking mm-hmm. to people, doing interviews, doing all the rest of that stuff. And then you have that, like, 15, 20 minutes, maybe hour that you're, that you're performing. And now all your fans want to meet you, and then you're going right back into doing what you did for the past six, seven, eight, nine hours before you got on stage.
1: Right. So, essentially, if someone asks you an awkward question, either laugh and find a way to answer, pause and find a way to answer, or just don't answer it at all and go completely <laughs> left field. But if, right. you, but
0: if you're going to pause, you got to, like, man. <laughs> like, you got to feel that, though. <laughs> you know what I mean? Look them deep in their eye, like, if if you're in person. Mm. Look them deep in their eye. Or just, or, you know, you got to put on your thinking hat, like, bro, you what? I never even thought about something <laughs> like that, bro. Like, until you mention something <laughs> like that, bro, I never, I never even thought about something like that. Matter of fact, and then you go and then you just left field that shit.
1: <laughs> so now, so now we know that if it, there's ever an interview where Matt does that, y'all already know right. what the deal is. Matt is over here for nothing. <laughs> so, so in in the vein of interviews, what happens when you get somebody who's just dry, like? don't know how to interview it's my first day or (laughs) i'm an intern and they just have like the driest questions known to man and you're trying to promote your album or whatever and that person is like so what do you like about music what got you started what would you say to your fans and they think that these are like pensive questions like they literally sat in front of a google doc and said tease us some deep (laughs) <laughs> deep questions I think that's, and it's not And like what do you do
0: i think that's when i i feel like honestly that may be one of the best interviews that you could give honestly as really? an artist because now someone's not trying to guide you into where they want you to go you, you literally it's a free for all mm. so you get to say whatever you want to say do it however you want to do it touch lightly on their questions and then just touch on the points you want to touch on and that's when i guess the media training does come into play where you got to know like your talking points of what you want to bring up and that especially for artists is like very difficult to remember yeah like because your mind really doesn't work that way because most artists are free spirit so you're not really trying to be rigid with what you do or or how you approach it but um i mean if it's important to you as an artist you got to know you got to know those types of things and i mean it's like a conversation like i could sit in front of a camera by myself for an hour and just talk to it and no one else could be inside of the room. And you would think I'm having the time of my life because you just have to be comfortable with doing something like that. So when someone is as dry as a Popeye's yeah. biscuit.
1: <laughs> with no water, no <laughs> with, drink.
0: Right, with no water. <laughs> like, that's what you got to do. You got to find a way to navigate that. And now that person just becomes a soundboard. Anything mm. that they're really saying to you really doesn't is is negligible. You, it's just an opportunity for you to respond. <laughs> that's all. They're just posing what they pose and you're going to respond in a way that you want to respond. And that's your opportunity to just expand on whatever it is that you want to expand on. And I, like I tell Angela all the time, like I don't even, interviews are conversations. the The whole purpose of the interviewer asking you questions isn't necessarily for you to answer the question. So that's not the goal the goal is to create an environment to spark conversation. Mm. So if you think about it that way, then I'm not trying to answer a question of what my favorite food is. <laughs> that that just sparks more conversation. Are, are you a foodie? I don't really do you not really? <laughs> Have you ever been anywhere <laughs> outside of the US where you've eaten something like Right. I mean, you know, those types of things start to come to mind. So it's just depends on how creative you are as an artist that determines whether or not you're able to expand upon a question that really is a dud
1: so if the interviewer says what's your favorite color you shouldn't say blue
0: (laughs) i would hit him with i would hit him with my favorite color you want to what that makes me think about my childhood (laughs) because even as a kid like do you really even have a favorite color? <laughs> like, isn't that something that somebody really assigns to you? Because, I mean, honestly, like, if your mom put you in a blue shirt all the time, your favorite <laughs> color may be blue. But then, was that really your favorite color? What if you were wearing a black shirt?
1: Would maybe, that be your favorite maybe color? Maybe blue <laughs> is your favorite color because your mom always puts you in a blue shirt. <laughs> right. And so blue reminds you of your mother.
0: Right. Right. So it's like, that question, or that question can be anywhere. You wondering what? Matter of fact. I got putting blue shirts so much that I decided that I don't like blue. <laughs> so now, you know what I mean. So the right. conversation just goes completely left field, and I think that's a beautiful thing in interviews because it makes it more interesting. So the purpose isn't necessarily to, to
1: answer st- the answer question that your favorite
0: color is black or blue. Right. In my personal opinion, the purpose of that question is to get you to expand upon it and and think a little deeper and 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 push it somewhere that that the interviewer didn't even think that it was going to go.
1: Right. So in the in in sum for PR, we want to be more less less direct when answering questions you want to be expansive with your statements if you get a dud interview you want to make sure that you use that as an opportunity to basically have a free-for-all and not literally have a free-for-all while y'all just saying anything but like (laughs) use that as an opportunity to sell your talking points and i think in in the vein of selling talking points we have to remember that as an artist, you want to, I always talk about it, have your goals. And when you have your project, let's say an album, you want to, once you're approaching the media, have those talking points that or, that are your goals. Like when I talk to the media, I want to make sure that I say blah, blah, blah. I want to make sure I tell them that my album charted, who it was produced by, and how many streams it got. Or did I record it at a huge studio that's renowned and everybody knows what it is. Like if those are your talking points and those are your media goals and whatever. And then if you get a dud interview, that's your opportunity to mention those things. So, and I also think that it's important to say, because I'm not really sure why this is so popular, but it's important to approach every interview with a cool head. (laughs) Cause some of y'all be getting on interviews. I don't know what happens. Like, the average person is so mad these days that, like... That's true. Y'all be... I'm not really sure where where the disconnect happens, but people be getting on these interviews and just thinking they can just talk to people any kind of way. And you should always, like... Even if the interviewer is trying to come crazy, like, woosha, take a minute. Like, do Matt B's presidential pause <laughs> and just think about it and assess your response. <laughs> Instead of, like, trying to go in on somebody. Like, I feel, I don't know. That's just me.
0: And honestly, I mean, you control the situation as the artist. You control the dynamic. Somebody could literally ask me a question, and I could just sit there and stare at them for two minutes.
1: <laughs> Kanye and not, does that. And
0: not, and, not feel, <laughs> and not feel bad. because I Because I am here because you want me here, because you want these views. Mm-hmm. I can do whatever I want to do. Now whether or not I get invited invited back is another story. <laughs> but while I'm here in this seat, I can say whatever I want to say. I can do whatever I want to do. Point blank, period. And ain't nobody gonna stop me. Right. So if I want to sit inside of the interview chair and I want to be bratty and I don't want to answer any any questions, it's better for me not to answer a question and just sit there and stare at you. <laughs> then than it is than it is for me to then and to, to go crazy and make myself look bad. So, right. I mean, you're the master and commander of your own interview and your own destiny. So, I don't, you do whatever you want, honestly. And I'm, I never feel confined to, to do or say certain things. I know going in, I can do whatever I want to do, point blank, period whether for, for better or for worse. now thank god i'm for better <laughs> but at the same yeah, i don't t- want to see matt be for worse <laughs> right but at the same time i mean it's just like <laughs> that's your opportunity show your personality who knows maybe you run somebody the wrong way but maybe that might go viral but, but that's just your authentic self so i mean you just got to be yourself inside of, inside of interviews or just anywhere as as an artist in general you just got to be yourself, like, even for myself. And, like, Lord knows I shouldn't be public speaking at all. I mean, when I was a shorty, I had a lisp. I had a speech impediment. I had um, a stutter. All that. Like, and I'm talking to people? Bro, if I can talk to people, anybody can talk to people. I mean, let's be honest here. So, I, and I had a couple more things against me, too. So, I mean, it's like I figured it out. So, if I can figure it out, anybody can.
1: right. Yeah, it's about assessing your strengths and your weaknesses and then from there finding ways to navigate that, especially as it pertains to weaknesses. Like you don't want to allow your weakness of being shy in front of a camera to stop you from pursuing your dream. Like there are lots of musicians who love music, super passionate about it, love everything about the creative process, doing the albums, all that. But when it comes to doing an interview on camera they like mm-mm, that is not mm-mm. but they they have to find what makes them comfortable in those situations and finding that finding a way to center themselves so that way they can make it through and do what it is that they need to do to get through the interview and hit their talking points and all that
0: well if i can do it anybody can do it because lord knows even to this day I'll be stuttering like crazy like I I just get stuck on words mm-hmm. <laughs> and Angela will tell you like I'll be there I'll be man i, 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 I <laughs> and I'll just be stuck <laughs> oh. I'll be standing there and I'll be she'll be like oh where do you want to go or what do you want to <laughs> do uh I, 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 and I just gotta stop talking mm-hmm. and then I'm stuck <laughs> and I gotta stop talking and I gotta let my brain refresh I gotta say something else so I do 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 restart my shit so <laughs> but I and and my that's stutter why,
1: that's why you gotta restart it you a motherfucking Windows right. you gotta get the Mac right Mac we fuck it up too sometimes. so it's like, oh,
0: it like even when we're filming these podcasts like I gotta make the conscious effort to take my time when I speak because mm. if I don't like even if I say like there are certain words that I say that's gonna get me stuck every single time. Like even the word and like even right <laughs> even earlier I was about to get stuck on my and so, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I fucking I'll mess around. And and, 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 and and I'll just be stuck. And I know that. So because of that, I gotta take my time. And you know, it's something where I'm not embarrassed about it. I'm not anything, it's just a part of who I am and a part of my personality and it always has been. Mm-hmm. But I have found ways to shape around it and I think because I'm comfortable with it, that's why I can control it. But if I wasn't comfortable with it, I wouldn't be able to control it. So I'm sure a lot of people will probably watch this and be like, Damn oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. But bro, bro, yes. <laughs> it's there.
1: I think your stutter is cute.
0: <laughs> well thank you. <laughs>
1: I like when he stutters. He doesn't like when I point it out. But I'll point it out and be like, Oh look.
0: But I be getting stuck. And then
1: he gets mad.
0: I'll be getting stuck. <laughs> I'll be getting mad. I be getting frustrated because I've been telling her like, man, I can't stand this. How much longer do I have to do this? I gotta do this for the rest of my life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just stuck forever
0: <laughs> Man So I be feeling people on that I be feeling And then on top of that Like And then if the nerves set in And you gotta stutter Oh it, you, It's a wrap oh. Now thank god Like for me I don't really get nervous like that So I mean I'm good 99.9% of the time But Even if I do feel Little butterflies in my stomach I know I gotta control
1: that Cause If not It's a wrap for me What What do you do as an artist When you get nervous Like how do you get rid of Those butterflies I think everybody is different It
0: just depends on the person. For me, I just don't think about it.
1: How do you not think about
0: it? I can turn my brain off. (laughs) How? I just can. I just don't think about it. I just don't.
1: I mean, I I, can't. If I'm on stage and I'm feeling butterflies and my heart is racing and I'm sweating, I can't not think about that. Like, I can't make my brain go do, 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 (laughs) do.
0: Well, mine doesn't go do, 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 do. Mine goes (laughs) doom. (laughs) <laughs> that's when you do a hard a hard turn off
1: crash <laughs> right? no I just I just
0: don't think about it honestly I, I, I do just that. don't like if I'm doing a session or whatever and it might be with a big producer or whatever don't think about it when I get there now it's time to think about it or if, or but if I'm about if to do but then if you're thinking big,
1: about it then don't you get nervous again No, nah, cause it's too late you're there <laughs> <laughs> but doesn't that make it worse? Or even,
0: or even when i was about to perform, like when I did that show in front of what, what, was, what was that? What? Um, I don't even remember. Where was it? Uh, with the one, the show that Jasper booked. Um,
1: oh, West Side Music Festival. Yeah, the West
0: Side Music Festival. Like uh, when I did that, like there were what, like seven or ten thousand people there. Yeah. And I just, I just didn't think about it.
1: Just but then sat. when you were in front of the stage, how are you not gonna think about it? You're there
0: already. So now but you're then in, you're scared. So you're
1: in the moment. No, you're not because you're in the moment. So it doesn't matter anymore. But what about anymore? for the normal people who are <laughs> scared standing up in front of 10,000 people? Well,
0: well, if you're scared sitting in front of 10,000 people, this ain't for you, bro. That's all that means. If if you made it to the point that you wanted to be standing in front of 10,000 people and instead of being excited and gassed up and ready to go, you're scared? You shouldn't be on stage. That That is a telltale sign that you're in the wrong business at this point. It there ain't it meant is. for you bro there That's is. that's what that means now if you were nervous up to the point but once that microphone hit your hand is it's go time it's go time mm-hmm. but for me like i said i just don't think about it I'm thinking about other things I'm gonna eat some food i wanna'm I'm, I'm gonna kiss my wife I'm gonna i'm gonna do do a couple of push-ups I'm gonna go in the car maybe go to sleep I wanna, <laughs> maybe i'm thinking of, <laughs> maybe i'm thinking about a fruit platter <laughs> or something like that or, or i'm writing another song in my head or whatever. And then from there, like, it's like, okay, it's go time. And then, you know, I'm chilling, chilling by the stage. I don't want to amp myself up prematurely. So I'm just chilling. And then from there, the microphone hit my hand. I am gassed the <laughs> fuck up. Because I done held back this whole time. Now
1: I'm gassing up. Worse for me. Well, <laughs> that is why he's the artist, and I do management. <laughs> Because the way my brain is set up, I can't do the on off stuff. I tell Matt all the time, like even when it's time to be in the bed, I'm that person that lays down and it's like, okay, good night. <laughs> what the f my birth certificate at? <laughs> I shouldn't be thinking about that. Never mind. Good night. <laughs> Did I turn off the stove? <laughs> And
0: meanwhile, I'm going to get of my head, did I turn on stove? Well, I mean, if I didn't, I'm going to know in the morning when I'm dead, I'm going to sleep.
1: I can't do that. I can't. <laughs> like, my brain literally is in constant go from the moment I open my eyes, from the moment I lay down. So that is why he does the artist stuff. And I do what I do over here behind the scenes because I could not <laughs> be on the stage in front of 10,000 people and not feel butterflies, and then be like, "Oh, feel some butterflies." Time to turn off the brain. Like, I don't know. That's a gift. God, God gifted uh, him with the gift of voice, gift of gab, and gift of turning brain off.
0: Because <laughs> I mean, it's like when you, it's like when you play sports or box or whatever. Or like, do any of that. Like, that's the whole point of training. Because when you're in the fight, your your mind isn't really fighting that fight. It's, it's muscle memory. Mm. Like ninety nine point nine percent of that fight is muscle memory. Now you get a couple in, you're telling you tell your body what to do a couple of times, I guess. Like
1: <laughs> like you there,
0: it's not like it's just you just watching from afar or whatever. But a lot of that is muscle memory. So mm. when somebody's coming at you, uh, trying to peel your top off, like <laughs> like when you boop, 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 boo, and you bobbing and weaving and, and ducking and blah, 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 and doing all that, a lot of that's muscle memory. Mm. So it's like the same thing with with shows like even when I used to do uh choreography and stuff you got to pick which one you want to do which one you're focusing on because you can't focus on singing and choreography at the same time something has to give so unless either, you're Michael Jackson that's a, right <laughs> right so either the muscle memory is going to the choreography and the mind is going to the to to the notation of how you're singing right or or the mind is going to the choreography and the muscle memory is in the singing but either way you got to give up one of them so that's that's what I personally learned. And then the same thing with, I mean, once the crowd is amping you up and they're reacting to what you're doing and all that, I mean, it just, you get lost in the moment. A lot of times, even when I get off stage, like, I have to remember what happened. Because a lot of times, really? yeah, I'm lost in it. So I don't really know what's happening. I know, but it's happening. You know what I'm saying?
1: You too busy thinking about food. <laughs> Or maybe,
0: that's maybe. Me. maybe. <laughs> but but like I know, like I, I'm singing, and I know I'm singing, and mm-hmm. I know I'm performing, and I know I'm doing what I'm doing, but I'm not really there. Like I'm doing it, but I'm not. And it's after I come down from it that it all find. It's almost like a car accident. When you're when you when you're you know how when you're in a car accident and everything slows down, you're like you're in a fucking matrix. I, just, I
1: mean, I ain't never been in a car accident. However, I think that that's, like, a not-so-great analogy because no, then look, it makes it seem but like but your that, performance is like a train, like, right? But it's like everything that—it's
0: like everybody can relate to that because everyone in some way, shape, or form has either almost been in an accident or has been in an accident. Now, when it happens, everything slows down. So all those little moments you don't even really process fully. You're really doing. And for those of you that are scandalous and you do, you you, you get out that jam. But for those of you that aren't, that's not a situation you probably should have <laughs> been in. Once again, so you probably shouldn't have been in that situation. But so it's, then don't it's, when the, it's when the accident ends or when you just avoided it that then you start really digesting all the little things that really happened. But prior to that, it's just a a, a dump of adrenaline where you're really just reacting. You've been driving for so long, you're just you're hitting the brakes, all that. And maybe if you even driving a stick, you're going down in the gear, coming back up, swerving here, pressing the brake, pressing, etc. you're just trying to get out that jam. Then afterwards, you really take it in and you realize what you did. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's how it feels like sometimes when I'm on stage, where I'm just doing my thing. I feel like I'm killing I know I'm killing I see the crowd reacting. I see things going crazy for me. But <laughs> but then after I'm done, then I take a step back and then I look back and I'm like, oh, man, I did my thing. Like, I thought I did my thing, but I did my thing. I didn't know I did all that. So, uh, that's my world. Welcome to Matt B's world.
1: <laughs> Matt B thinks in threes. He turns his brain on and off. Matt B goes into different realms. He might even have an alter ego. Matt's got all the things going on in his head. He has, like, eight different people up there that keeps him on his toes. All right, there you go. <laughs> um. So, in sum... For artist development, I know we said a lot, but what would be like your main pieces of advice for artists looking to develop themselves from either the infant stages or mid-tier? What would you say to those artists coming from an artist perspective?
0: Uh, For me, I would say work on your sound as much as possible because at the end of the day. That's what people are going to be listening to. Mm. That's what's going to stick with people in the long run of things. Figure out who you want to be at when the lights come on. Nice. Like, do you want to? I use hey My on. mind just works that way. Like, come just, on. See, I just reference my own my own record. But uh, well, I'm <laughs> telling
1: y'all, go <laughs> nah, but, go check out. Go hard. Nah, no, but who you go hard? But who you want
0: to? But who you want to be when the lights when the lights come on? Like, who do you want to be? Do you want to be? Do you want to be? do you want to be a kind-hearted individual do you want to be a neutral type of person like who you want to be when the lights come on and then i would say like just know why like know why you're doing what you're doing because if you know why you're doing what you're doing it doesn't matter how many times you fall you're always going to get back up because you know why you're doing it but the moment that you lose that why it's, it's a wrap it's over with right how about you
1: um I think very similarly, um, I think another thing that's important for artists to work on, like I said earlier, other than PR, would be really focusing on the production and the songwriting aspects of your music, because a lot of people will focus on like how they sound like they're singing or their they're rapping and their cadence. But like another really important facet of whether or not people are even going to be attracted to your music is your production and what it sounds like to their ears, whether that's the actual instrumentation or the mixing, the mastering, like all of that needs to be on point. And I feel like a lot of people don't pay enough attention to that aspect, but the audience will know. They won't know exactly what it is that they're listening to and why it's wrong But they're going to know it's wrong. (laughs) They're going to be like, I don't know why this sounds bad, but it sounds bad. They will. And really, if you boil it down to what it is, it could be a bad mix. Yeah. Or it could be um, a bad master. Or it could just be the production is just garbage. Like, it could be any number of things, but the audience is going to pick up on it right away. And they're just going to go to the next song. That's true. And a lot of people don't focus on that aspect. So I think that when you're developing your sound to piggyback off of what Matt was talking about, you really want to pay a close attention to the actual production and instrumentation and your songwriting, what it is that you're saying. Like, are you telling a story? And if you are telling your story, is it a way, is it being stated in a way where the audience can relate? And like all of those different elements. And I'm not really sure how an artist could go about doing all of those things. I know a common method is to pull beats off of YouTube, but another thing you could do is find a beat on YouTube that is inspiring to you, maybe do a demo to it, and then have someone reproduce it. And then from there, you could find someone who works at your local studio in your, in your city or in your neighborhood, and have that person mix and master and all of that stuff. You don't wanna, unless you know what you're doing, you probably don't wanna do it yourself. Because <laughs> most people are, I'm promised you're probably gonna do it wrong. I promise. Because <laughs> <laughs> I would do it wrong. I don't know how to do that. So you really wanna get somebody who is skilled in what it is that you're looking for and can help you get close to that industry sound and it's really hard to get what you're looking for by just ripping a beat off of youtube like that worked back in the day but i find less and less people are starting to do that
0: yeah yeah i agree and that is going to do it for this episode of beyond the music what do you think whatever happened to artist development Do you believe that it's still happening? Do you believe that it isn't happening anymore? Do you think that everything that we just said right now inside of this podcast is cap? We want to know. Leave a comment. We will reply. For everybody that's listening on all the streaming platforms, definitely consider going to YouTube, going to Instagram, checking it out because we do do it in video format, and we want to know what do you feel, how do you feel about what we talked about. Elaborate on it. We want this conversation to continue. This is your boy Matt B., and you can follow me at Matt B World, that's M-A-T-T-B World.
1: And it's your girl, Angela. You can follow me at Angela V. Benson on Instagram. And shout out once again to Platinum over at Iridium Clothing Co. We love you. And if you are rocking with Iridium and want to learn more, want to buy some of their clothes, I don't blame you. You should go to IridiumClothingCo.com or you can visit them on Instagram at Iridium Clothing Co. I
0: no uh, That's going to do it for this episode of Beyond the live. Music. The My conversation life. continues. Peace out.